as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. said it five times so he hasn't killed me yet so uh i think we're good all right um just tackling the whole uh trilogy for a minute uh erica uh right from my horrific life podcast had to weigh in on a few things um what was your introduction to this uh franchise so i remember i saw the original film uh in the late 1990s Mm. when it came out i was uh still too young by my parents' standards, and they hated horror movies, so they heavily censored what I could and could not watch. Uh, same way, my my mother didn't want me to watch too many violent things. She'd be like, "Okay, well, there's this doctor show, crime show. It's very well acted. It's for whatever reason, it is all about delivery. I find, and mm-hmm. everyone's familiarity. My my mom will handle X Files, but she's you know she sees anything with someone holding a gory knife, you know she's out. So yeah, you know, yeah, same. <laughs> and my my father, you know, he doesn't really do too many movies nowadays. It's got to be a, a documentary or music related. Um, but uh, and my siblings, they just never really bothered with it. They would do a few sci-fi fantasy things, obviously, but they were just more into escapism and comedy. Um. Or my sister will too often just read the synopsis and see if she even wants to watch it. I'm like, well, you now you've spoiled it for yourself. What the hell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I went through dozens of, you know, I already knew about Tony Todd, you know, being Worf's brother on Star Trek Next Generation. But I I, uh, I was more familiar with all his other recurring TV show roles, Homicide, Life on the Street, 24, and appearing in one of the Babylon 5 TV movies. So it's like, he's got my geek cred. He Oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Candyman I was always familiar with. I tried one time to watch the original movie on UPN. Utterly failed. And, uh-huh. But I revisited it. Don't get me wrong. I, I revisited okay. it in college, and it was like, there's some movies you just don't watch on TV. You know, even if yeah. it's cable, it's like, they took all the cra- creepy, gruesome stuff out, and some of the foul-mouthed dialogue you need, it's vital yeah. to understanding the movie, and even the gross toilet scene you need to know. So, I mean, I, I had already known about it because the sequel, Farewell to the Flesh, was uh, was on. I went through dozens of movie poster websites, learned a lot that way about film and famous people. And uh, 
I thought that was a very cool poster. And uh, the third one played endlessly on Sci-Fi Channel. So that tells you all you need to know. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember when I first... I, I Maybe I did see the original one on cable back in the day. Um, of course, nice. it was heard and like, had commercial breaks. But fortunately, I was able to get the theatrical release on video later. and that. So uh, that made a difference. But I got to say, it's been a really long time since I saw the sequels. Um, second one I thought was okay. Um, I don't know. And I thought the third one was pure trash. All good. All good. I don't um, know if I can do it differently now, but yeah, I didn't uh, didn't get around to uh, rewatching those recently. Yeah, I find them all watchable, but Part Three definitely felt like it was meant to be a different movie. And Todd is credited as executive producer, but he apparently is credited as not liking it. At a like I think a circa 2013 convention, but uh, filmmaker uh, Bernard Rose is an interesting UK talent. Uh, you pro- uh, done a lot of hit and miss movies, uh, I guess you could say. But he first became prominent with the dark fantasy film uh, Paper House, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew him from doing other movies like uh, Mortal Beloved. Uh, I wanted to like. Uh, did I see this movie? No. Uh, maybe I did. I don't remember. Uh, I wanted to like Bernard uh, Bernard's uh, Chicago Joe and the Showgirl, but it was just too self-indulgent, and I haven't seen any of those Playboy movies he made, but that's okay. I don't need to. I haven't uh, seen that Showgirl one you mentioned. I did see and liked his movie called Snuff Movie, and I am in the minority for liking it. It is a very confusing hot mess, though. There's a lot of narrative. Um, I can see why critics were annoyed uh, by it. I I like meta narrative stuff, so I thought it was pretty cool. Um, so okay. yeah, I did meet him a few years ago um, at the 2016 Horror Hound uh, convention, and this is a story I also talked about on the House That Screams podcast, but. Um, nice. He is—he is kind of a strange person. Um, not yeah. not traumatizing in the way that a certain other person was at that convention. Oh dear. Nameless at the moment, but oh dear. He talked about her before the recording started. So, <laughs> you know who ah. I mean. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, when I went up to uh, uh, Bernard Rose's table and I asked him if by chance he had any stills from snuff movie to sign because I forgot to take my DVD copy. (laughs) No, no, I didn't, you know, bring any because, um, pretty much everyone hates that movie. So. Well, that's uh, cool that you got to show your appreciation for a movie. that I I think that piqued his interest, but then he's like, do you want to get some drinks later at the bar once the convention shuts down? So I thought, Hey, this is cool. Um, yeah. asking me about, you know, my job and that kind of thing. And at that time, I had recently, uh, you know, quit uh, basically over a decade-long career as a victim advocate for domestic violence and sexual assault victims. And I kind of had burned out on that and just wanted to move on to something else. So he leans in, and I, I I feel like he was being totally unironic. It was the weirdest thing, but he's like, so tell me, like, when these, like, women keep going back to their husbands who beat them, do they do it because they like the attention? 
<laughs> what? Yeah, you know? so just asking just random questions like, okay, yeah, but like, that's, that's what's weird the about him. Is no, <laughs> no one likes that kind of attention. Uh, so, so he yeah. looks for kind of just the morbid, the bizarre, just tries to make sense of it all. Um, yeah, so that, that was an interesting conversation. Uh, one of one of several, and I, I guess the other person I met two other people associated with that film. I met Ted Raimi at that same uh, convention, and I had oh. met Tony Todd earlier that year, I think at Texas Frightmare Weekend, but. I love how Tony Todd is so intense in his movies and in, intimidating as that, that deep voice and that kind of deep regal voice. presence. Yeah. But he is like such a chill dude in person. Like, yeah. Almost like a hippie, you know, like. Absolutely. Almost peace and love type guy. In one yeah. of his Q&As, he was talking about how he built an outdoor enclosure for his 15-year-old cat and how she could, you know, chase butterflies for the first time and uh, how much he enjoyed watching her play outside. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, uh, Robert Lissardo, who I'm sure you're familiar with, just oh, said, yes. any celebrity you got to meet, got to meet him. And, I did meet uh, him, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, we... Uh, I'm actually going to be uploading that episode tomorrow of our chat on conventions. But yeah, he, I, I just getting that blessing from other people and other co-stars, you know, that that is a privilege. That's great. Um, but uh, it, it was also just interesting how uh, <clears throat> some of these filmmakers who are a little tough to keep up with, just getting to kind of know how perplexed and understand them a little better. That that is also a blessing. Um uh, so, uh, yeah, but Bernard, really the only other movie I've seen by him was the recent, uh, 2015, uh, take on Frankenstein, which co-starred Tony Todd as a blind man who becomes a friend of the creature. Oh, okay. It's a hit and miss. You're either going to like it or hate it. For mm -hmm. me, I, I, I liked what they were going with. I liked the themes, but the day I watched it on, I did find some moments rather boring. So it's like, yeah, I'm just going to. Just going to be doing a little f other few other things while I watch this, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I just have to because you don't know. No review can prepare you for certain movies, so you just mm -hmm. you have nothing to go on. So, but I like I like the I don't think it was a top year of the movie, but it was good casting. And I mean, he does tend to cast nowadays uh, Danny Houston in some of his movies and Carrie Ann Moss was in there also. So that was interesting as the mother of. Uh, Adam, so there you go. Um, ah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so Bernard's just very artistic. He's kind of, I definitely wouldn't call him pretentious like some of these uh, Dogma 95 guys who seem to either really be acclaimed or piss people off depending on the audience. So, but after hearing that chat that you did with him, it's definitely one of those guys he's, he, he likes, I don't know if, you can say he likes the Macquarie, but he likes to know what gets people riled up as uncivilized human beings, I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, I didn't know if he was pushing my buttons on purpose or if he literally you know, like, thought that women like being abused. And I thought, oh, so, you know, 
maybe snuff movie was not about misogyny maybe it reflected his misogyny <laughs> oh dear <laughs> uh i would hate to think that you know virginia madison I, or tony todd haven't said anything about him but yeah i know what you mean it's like are you just hat because half the time with these filmmakers it does seem like they've had a nightmare or some version of their personas being well uh, portrayed and it's like uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well i think you gotta get some <laughs> re- rehab but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh he's also been a cinematographer and done music videos so uh, there's that uh he was involved you know in the initial stages of the second movie uh Second movie, I, I have no issues with, uh, except with some of the overacting by the kids in the last few minutes and just seeming how, uh, yes, yeah, spoiler for a 20-plus-year-old movie, guys. Yes, the Candyman always gets defeated in some way. Yeah. Uh, but the way they dispatched him there, I was kind of like, hmm, I'm not sure where that came from, but I kind of like moving it from uh, Chicago to New Orleans. That was a cool touch. Mm-hmm. And just how... I don't know. I, yes, it's, it doesn't have anything on the first movie, but I, I like some of the, how the actors take on the accents and uh, uh, there's a little more police work and uh, uh, for lack of a better word, I, I also, you know, I think both of them were shot on location, so that adds a, a bunch of rather surreal yet realism. We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. 
Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Yeah, yes. I am the master storyteller yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast Addict. Goddamn. All that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere. Worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucker. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say. That good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. <laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, PJ. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Oh, necrophilia. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this? No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. It's late, it's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby.
We love good movies. We love the bad ones too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh yeah. Everything I learned from movies With a one last plot holes a gratuitous It's time to get busy with your friend Steven at com. We now continue with our program. Compared to other poor creatures that, you know, have a tragic past, I actually do feel sorry for the Candyman in this one. You know. Likewise, yes. And it's like, and it's like, and even if you take out the racial elements, just the whole, just someone was tortured, killed, is like, it works. And it's just something that I can't say the same about, you know, Freddy or some of these other guys who just got a backstory and it's like, yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like with Freddy, it's like, well, he was a child molester. And I just yeah. can't, you know, feel sorry for someone like that, even though in some ways the character is fun and, you know, campy and witty and that kind of thing. It's yeah. Not like I really feel for the guy. Yeah, I mean, Pinhead has a crazy backstory, but uh, never are you asked to feel sorry for him. That's true. I mean, he he wanted to do those occult experiments and visit other dimensions. Yeah. Experiences. <laughs> so he was a mad yeah. scientist who knew he was mad and just accepted it because he was a soldier of war as well as his other ancestors. So there you go. Um, yep, yep. <laughs> he's a jarhead, guys. It's a see the symbolism. Um, uh, yeah, part free. I definitely had some issues. I didn't. I I find it more fun to look at as a music video, mm. but an out of control one. I have no issue with the actors, and it definitely looks cinematic compared to most direct video sequels, but like you say, there is some crazy shit in there where it's like, okay, enough with the screaming already. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I've got to say for the original, because I have watched that again recently, is um, Bernard Rose does have you know a knack for, I guess, I would say visual poetry. Um, yeah. His, his edits are gorgeous. Yeah. Um, you can tell he's a very strong cinematographer. And um, yeah, I think that that's part of what makes that movie great, in my opinion. It's just the look of it and the way it's cut together. Pretty much. I mean, there's definitely not a moment where you're going to be like, what was that? You know, people having too much uh, free time. But uh, there's definitely moments where it's like, okay. Um, so, you know, it's orchestrated just like some of his other period piece movies you know you could swear it was even you're surprised that it wasn't even someone else like philip kaufman or milos foreman yes <laughs> that kind of movie uh but uh like, like to say uh virginia madsen's just a great uh, uh heroine oh, and yeah. uh uh you know i always joke to myself that uh, i was doing an article that still in development hell where I was just trying to say characters that, you know, from horror and action movies that are basically playing the same character under a different alias. And to me, I feel like she, uh, the prophecy is a prequel to this movie. <laughs> oh, interesting. Never thought of <laughs> She's fighting Archangel Gabriel. <laughs> like my Christmas. 
Yeah, I haven't and, seen those movies in eons, but I, I really enjoyed them. They were just so weird. <laughs> same. And, and one of the few franchises where the same person was heavily involved in the same one, but the less set, but much like, uh, what's his name? It did phantasm. The less about the other stuff they did outside of that franchise, the better. I'll just say it yeah, that way. But, true, uh, true. uh, but yeah, Tony Todd actually does appear. Yeah. Doug Bradley from Hellraiser appears in like part four as a similar character, but it feels more like a omen or, uh, uh, what was the other one? And it'll come to me anyway, just one of those other just mystical franchises The the exorcist, mm-hmm. it feels like an exorcist sequel. Uh, yeah. with, and uh, part five, Tony Todd is the main villain in that, and he he kind of does a good job, but there are some cheap filmings in Romania where it's like, yep, yeah, you guys ran out of the budget there, but mm-hmm. it's an interesting horror version of Leon the Professional, I'll just put it that way. Um, <laughs> also curious, like, um, what do you have any initial impressions of the uh, the Candyman remake coming out? Well, they bumped the date again. It was supposed yeah, to be you know, next year. But I was half and half on Jordan Peele, but I, I just knew that giving what a movie geek he is, he was the right choice. And I know some people were just instantly just sharing the trailer. I'm like, not gonna watch the trailer. I there's gonna uh-huh. be a spoiler, but uh, I'll let you take it away. Uh, yeah, I guess I won't. Um, I won't talk about the trailer then. But uh, you'll see. Oh, does it? I is it spoiler? Spoiler heavy. If you if you haven't already heard about it or seen the, even the initial theatrical trailer, the whole the whole setup of the protagonist and who that is is a lot different than the mm. Virginia Madsen character, and that's all I'll say. Yeah, that's what's confusing too. Is at first it's like. I don't know if he hadn't contractually signed Tony Todd yet, but it's like he uh, he couldn't say that he was reprising the role of the Candyman, so he denied it. And then finally, Tony Todd made it official on Twitter saying, yes, I'm in the movie. Yes, I will be making a cameo. And it was so wild because so many other people were like, so Candyman's not going to be the f- exact focus, but uh, he's going to like appear near the end or some shit. And it's like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll just let you guys take it away. Obviously... I try to give everyone the benefit of the doubt because I know that studios are just the money men mm-hmm. and have unrealistic expectations and that getting all the talent is more trouble than it's worth. It's more trouble than even a convention. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you've been there where you had to, get, I've had to actually staff a documentary that wasn't going to be shooting till December for a friend. And wow. that was it. I kid you not, I, I had already been screwed over on another project where we were supposed to f- split the bill. And then the guy just decided, no, we're not going to split the bill. But, you know, uh, it was the college's money. So they're just like, just get it fucking done already. I'm sorry you had to be involved in this. That happens. Exactly. But yeah, so then a similar thing happens where someone just gives their word and then acts like it was so much trouble just to sign their signature. I'm like, Really? If that is so much trouble, then there's no telling what you'll, you know, recording sounds going to be too much trouble if that's the case. So uh, <laughs> it's amazing how people show their true colors uh, just in the middle of it. And it's like, how did we even meet up in the first place? But uh, yeah, uh, this has a lot working against it. I know there's going to be a lot of people who are already going to hate it and there's just nothing going to convince them. And there's going to be some people who will just go in and have a fun time. 
Uh, there's going to be, of course, like any remake, people who see this before the original. So, uh, as long as it can be its own thing, I mean, like some of the better remakes that, like Dawn of the Dead, and arguably maybe the Robocop remake, where it just tries to be its own thing and tip its hat, I think it'll have a walk in the park. Now, if it doesn't do that, then I don't know if it'll just be a related in name only kind of horror movie. So, I'm definitely curious to see it, and hopefully. The marketing team behind it understands it enough. The it's kind of urban gothic-y, mm-hmm. for lack of a better definition. So I think that's why it stood the test of time. So many people instantly know that voice or have seen that movie at some time or another, regardless of whether they loved it or hated it. And so uh, obviously, I mean, the bees are going to be CGI, but I mean, hopefully, it's good CGI. Um, I don't know. So was the trailer just spoiler heavy or was it just kind of like, hmm, not sure what to think? I wouldn't say spoiler heavy, but I mean, if you want to know literally nothing about it, um, I don't know what I should say. We'll, we'll just uh, say the protagonist, not not Candyman, but the protagonist who is stalked by Candyman is a completely different, of a completely different demographic than... Gotcha. Either. So it's definitely more, you know, brothers being picked on rather than yeah yeah that's probably a good way to middle middle class white uh, yeah jordan peele um you know i mean he said in interviews he doesn't have any particular interest in making white people the center of his narratives um so you know he might have supporting characters who are white but they're not going to be the main characters yeah and i mean when you know that about um Jordan Peele, then you, you can kind of see how that casting and how the concept is going to be different. And that's cool. I mean, you want to talk about something you're comfortable talking about. I, when I write a movie, I try and review it by certain friends who are of a certain demographic and obviously genders is like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think, would you guys talk that way? I don't think you talk that way. Uh, guys, older guys, would you talk this way? Probably not. Would you talk this way? Maybe not. And so it's just, <laughs> Yeah. You, you want to be comfortable and you don't want to just ever be accused of not doing your research. And um, are they filming it in uh, Chicago or New Orleans or was it totally different setting? Uh, that I, I could not tell. Let me look it up real fast. Candyman 2021. Hopefully they market it very well. And uh, I mean. Uh, I've definitely seen images of the people taking screenshots of the trailer. Uh, Neo da Costa, I was kind of half and half on. Uh, uh, I I thought Little Woods was watchable, but it wasn't one that just blew me the hell away. Um, uh, But it looked great. It was a neo-Western, believe it or not. Um, uh, So... I definitely think he, you know, obviously wanted to give some other indie person a walk in the door uh, for uh, uh, just more mainstream movies, but not just be a mercenary. So uh, he definitely has someone similar to Bernard Rose, who is uh, uh, basically, you know, just comfortable doing kind of very descriptive movies. Uh, But uh yeah, all I know is this is going to come out. Uh, it has 
manual cinema doing some creative visual work. It has uh, Helen as the reincarnation in this movie. That's all I know about it. Uh, so it's kind of like a semi-rehash, semi-sequel to the original, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense from what from what I can tell. But uh, I am I am pretty oh. excited about it. I'm I'm like um. Vanessa E. Williams is reprising her role in this. So okay, there you go. Yeah. I guess she was in the trailer, so there you go. Um, uh, I'm just disappointed it's not coming out this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it would have been perfect around this time of Halloween. Um, and, I mean, it's interesting seeing MGM is co-producing with this because those were definitely the companies that I recall seeing the logos to for the first two movies. You know, so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh at this point, they might as well relaunch it with Orion Pictures. But, uh, yeah, uh, well, we, it's an incomplete review, guys. So we, we only know what we know until we know. So uh, uh, hopefully it takes off. Hopefully they don't do sequels to it to death. And it's just kind of a fun, pleasant surprise like the original one was. Um, uh what are your thoughts on the other additions to the cast? Uh, Abdul Mateen II uh, has had bit parts in HBO's Watchmen and Aquaman. So, uh, uh, do you think he's a reasonable leading man? I don't really I recall so. it. Okay. Yeah. I, from what I've seen, it looks like there's a solid cast. He was in Us, but I, I didn't. I can't tell you everything about that movie. It wasn't really my thing, but I, I like Get Out, so I mean, I... <laughs> yeah, I, I have become a big uh, Jordan Peele fan, and uh, I did enjoy Us as oh, well. Good. Um, not not as much as Get Out, though. I'm also really digging Lovecraft Country. Ooh. I don't know if you've seen that on HBO. I, I still need to see it, but yeah, uh, I think, yeah, he's one of the co-producers of that. Um Abdul uh, Mateen II also, yeah, he was in the Netflix film All Day and a Night, which didn't really go anywhere for me, but uh, the he's in Aaron Sorkin's uh, Netflix premiere film, The Trial of the Chicago 7, coming later this year, and he's set for for Matrix 4, so another slowly rising star. Uh, but yeah, uh, lead actors, they can make or break a movie, If mm-hmm. I, but sometimes if the themes are strong enough, I can forgive good or weaker or lesser acting. Uh, I always take it with a grain of salt because even a good actor can just not be a hundred percent with their delivery because they're not getting along or yeah. just, so I, I, or just the editor sucked. They were using lesser takes and it's like, have you heard that? That doesn't sound great. <laughs> Use the other take. That's right. <laughs> out of focus. Cause it's better. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to add. Uh, obviously, when I get other people on board tomorrow, it'll be a different story. But uh, uh, why do you think, besides the cultural impact and the uh, the way it was filmed, that it stood the, uh, the first movie has stood the test of time? Yeah, I think it absolutely has. And, uh, um, you know, the original Clive Barker story was not about race at all. It was a class, um, you know, basically about class differences and relationships, you know, outside of one's own class and how that's 
taboo, but I really like moving that the fact that story was moved to America. It was placed in uh, Cabrini Greens as a focal point, uh, which has you know, like a real life horror story behind that. Exactly. And Barker, you know, his material is heavily used for the first two movies. And even though he's kind of like, yeah, I didn't have much of anything to do with it. It's like, yeah, well, still, you still, you had some inspiration. So mm-hmm. it's and definitely. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. Oh, okay. I, I, if I recall correctly, I, I also think that Candyman was the first film to have a, a black uh, supernatural villain. There was that, and the biracial love mm-hmm. still shines through, even despite the studio forcing edits of that. And I think that just shows a testament to how powerful the movie is. Even Tony Todd acknowledges it in interviews. Mm-hmm. Like, And uh, it's definitely one of those movies every other person's seen at one point. It, it might be even one of the most mainstream movies of uh, Virginia. So, um, yeah. Uh, back before she went back to being kind of the indie queen. So, um, uh, yeah, uh, uh, I, I think these are definitely, if you're not a big horror fan, you should still check these out. It definitely got me a little back into horror after being burned out on some of the just, you know, uh, torture Latin ones that were just not entertaining to me. You so, don't uh, like those? You don't like torture? What? what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, remind, uh, remember not to watch my friend Andre Iskanov's Philosophy of a Knife. Oh well, no, I'll I'll, I'll check it out. I just well, uh, I think you like his other movies better, but that one is heart crushing. It's four and a half hours long. The torture scenes go on for twenty minutes at a time in some cases. Well, that one sounds like it's more experimental. I, I just have a issue yeah. when I just feel like I'm just seeing a snuff movie, but this one. You know, this is more kind of Giallo tributes. It's like, okay, cool. I'll, I'm down. Um, right. Okay. So <laughs> I, just, I feel the need to warn people away from that. I've actually started doing um, commentary tracks with him for the really? release of his, all of his films for the United States. So that's how fun. Exciting. Um, but yeah, using Skype and hoping the connection works well enough for international calls. <laughs> he's, <laughs> I introduce him. He's like, you know, Basically, hi everyone. I'm you know, finally watching this fucking movie again. <laughs> uh, those are the best kind of commentary tracks. I think there are some commentary tracks for these uh, Candyman films, but uh, uh, yeah, let me check real fast. Candyman. Da, 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 da. And it's kind of a lost art because everyone kind of acts like not enough people listen to it. And it's like, well, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, um, but basically, uh, I, I think just the fantasy elements and the gothicness of it is just very incredible. And it's cool that shout factory has, um, re-released the first two movies and given them some extra goodies. So there's that too. Yeah, that's. Uh, I need to get their edition of it, so I'm excited for that. Totally, totally. Uh, but yeah, I I think we've covered the best of the best. Um, I think so. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining once again, and uh, once again, you can find uh, Erica on uh, my Horrific Life podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Anytime.
Uh, other than that, uh, if you want to plug in one more thing, uh, go ahead. If not, it's all good. Yeah. Um, I also invite everyone to check out uh, my friend Andrew Devoff's craft brewing company at threemarmbrewing.com. The also, best. Yeah, he has such great craft beer, and uh, we are working on getting it shipped nationwide, so just hold tight for that. And also a plug for my Russian friend Andrei Iskanov, who's kind of known as an extreme horror director, but a real sweetheart once you get to know him. And keep an eye out for his films being re-released through Massacre Video. Oh, yeah. Woo! <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you ever so much. <laughs> Two thank and one. You. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Have a great evening. Anytime. Uh, and once again, uh, wish you well with your family. I hope everyone just avoids all the madness in the streets. I just... <laughs> Yeah, or, yeah. Order food online. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Oh. All righty. You got this. Cool. Keep being badass. <laughs> Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up-